1: while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox & Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox & Hops head. Cheers! Hello and welcome to Matt Meets the Music Industry, the Matt bacon interview podcast show thing i haven't worked out an intro pattern yet but more importantly i am here today with a very old friend of mine um jarvis leatherby of night demon iron grip management a bunch of other things how are you jarvis
0: good thanks for having me matt
1: get the intro is great that's all you need get right to the point yeah, i mean you know well I'll, I'll come up with like a fun pun or something in the future we'll be okay um so let's sort of dig right into it. You know, obviously I've known you for a long time as the bassist and singer of Night Demon and, um, you know, obviously a band manager for Kira Thungle, your own band, uh, Visigoth, a bunch of other stuff. How did this all start?
0: Uh, well, <laughs> that's a loaded question to me, like, right? How do, how do, how do
1: what start? How, well, okay. So what's your, what's your like comic book one? Like what's the starting point of Jarvis in the music? Oh man, that's probably just
0: being in a band, <clears throat> uh, you know, starting out in like junior high, kind like of most, like most people do, you know, mm-hmm. um, being in bands and then transitioning to the point when I was, I basically dropped out of high school my senior year to tour with bands and to promote shows. I was promoting shows all through high school and that kind of, that kind of went to a serious level at that point. i really lost interest in school. And, um, I mean, I don't know, in hindsight, um, you know, I may, I may have done things a little different. I don't, I don't know. I guess anybody could say that. Um, I don't really have any major regrets, but, um, um, I think my, my mom would have liked me to finish school. You know, I, I, ended up, I did, I did get my, my GED and then do some, some college later, later on after that. But, uh, um, yeah, at the time, I mean, the, it was the, the opportunities were there. It was exactly what I wanted to do. And, um, things, things got really heavy, really quick. And I was doing, I was promoting some pretty big shows from like age 17 to 20. So, um, uh, that world was calling me and, uh, I had like a, uh, like a, kind of like a college fund set aside by my grandparents. And I had, a. Uh, I couldn't re- i couldn't have access to that money legally until i was 18 and, and when i did i basically took it to to bring bands over from from europe and stuff like that bands to america and uh, uh it was cool it was well worth it i was involved in some pretty big stuff and like uh um you know so a lot of bands that uh that that are pretty big now and a lot of legendary bands that that at the time weren't really seen as legends they were just kind of like has-been fans so it's, it's yeah. kind of funny like you don't you don't realize something that's when you're when you're working in it at the moment you know until later on you kind of look back and go wow you know I mean I remember even like doing a lot of stuff with King Diamond and and doing merciful face shows and stuff like that and you know at that time you know the like late 90s early 2000s I mean you I'd get a couple hundred people at a show like that at best.
1: Yeah, people. I mean,
0: oh man. Or it's just if you played a guitar solo in that era, like you're dead. It's like that was the beginning of what I guess people would consider dad rock. You know, like now it's like, you know, you look at an artist like that and he's like more popular than ever, which is great. I mean, I, I love to see that. But at the time it was just, it was, it was, I was always fighting that uphill battle, you know, so, uh, but that, that was kind of my, my intro into, you know, the, the concert world, you know, I did, Mm -hmm. I did many other things after that um, in regards to touring um, and then, you know, starting my own bands and stuff like that. But that was kind of the thing for me. It's like, I, I, I felt at a certain point I was really, I was working too hard for, to make other people's dreams a reality versus my own. Sure. Um, and it wasn't until later on in life when, when I got into managing other people's bands that I had a, a, a different kind of relationship with that, that I was comfortable with, which we can get into. But
1: Yeah. Well, it's, I, was, I wanted to say, it's kind of, it's funny you talk about dropping out of high school to, to book shows. Cause I dropped out of college, like I think you met me in like the 20 minutes I was in college <laughs>
0: yeah I'm not I'm not sure I mean I remember you being pretty young
1: I think like, we met like 2014 okay
0: yeah like that's that's pretty much when I even started yeah doing like actually touring and so yeah I think I, we were doing some interviews at the time and stuff and
1: so, so but like I what I remember because I dropped out of college for the exact same reason was that I got to a point where it was like well, I could go to philosophy class or I could book a cool thrash metal band and have 300 people show up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, yeah, like my regret about my only regret about, uh, the school thing is like, I think school teaches you discipline. It teaches you discipline of like, of, of learning, of getting things done. And, um, And that kind of stuff, and I struggled a lot throughout my twenties because I didn't have that kind of discipline. Mm -hmm. And I wish that 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 would have, you know, I mean, obviously, I I led the life I wanted to lead, and and I got I did get a lot of things done, but not to the, not to the confidence that I that I that I have now, you know, like and and I think that that's one thing that's important about school. But you know, the other thing is, especially if you're talking about college and stuff, I mean that that whole system is so screwed, totally. you know, and I, and I've been asked, I've given talks, um, at, you know, musicians Institute or to like theater groups. Um, you know, I've just been recently been asked to talk to, to like traditional school students over like a zoom seminar about the music business or about people that are interested in getting in that. And that even at that, they're, they're gearing that more towards college, like getting me to, to try and encourage kids to to go to school but I'll tell you it's like my assistant has a degree has majored in in music business at you know I'm not going to name the university but you know I mean basically through at the end of the day she kind of told me like hey I everything that they taught me there I I learned through you in a much shorter time by do actually doing the work and And there were some things, man, that were just the curriculum is so dated with an industry like ours that constantly changes every day with technology and all this stuff. It's like there were things that like, you know, I would have to sign off on her final exams and I would I would say like, hey, look, this is incorrect, you know, and she didn't really want to raise any red flags with her professor. But it's like I'm like, look, like he needs to know that this like this is incorrect. This is not the this is not legitimate how you do something. And at the time. Yeah, so at the time, um the short of it was that she was having to having to budget for an entire tour, like the ins and outs of it. And I actually had a tour on the road and I said, Well, your job is to do this for real, for a real tour. And you know, like they the, the they weren't accounting for like cost of merchandise and stuff. And I'm like, these numbers are completely inaccurate. So they need to know. And when they did find out, I mean the the professor was kind of like wow okay like
1: yeah you know so well it's so funny because i've had that exact same conversation (laughs) with my assistant where it was like at at both where he said you know i've been learning a lot more out of this than i did in fucking however many years of music school but also yeah like i definitely look at like there was a really good comment on the tiktok i made where someone was like your advice is good because all they teach me at music school is what to do after you get big
0: Pretty much, you know, um, the, the, the other thing is that just the school system, especially in the United States, is just I mean, it's so screwed up. I mean, it's just it's an insane amount of money that leaves a lot of kids in debt for most of their lives, uh, an unforgivable debt. Um, and it's crazy. I mean, the amount of money that these universities charge. I mean, even right now, like Harvard and Yale and like Ivy League schools like that, they're charging the same amount of money for Zoom lessons. You know, I mean, it's 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 insane and these kids are getting raped and you know we were always like from the I was from the generation of like you know you go to college or in my generation it's like a lot of people that I grew up with were like the first in their family to go to college right so it was like a big deal it was a big deal and you know we're told that, you know, you go to college, you you get a degree and you, you're basically basically promised a good steady career, but we're learning in these days that that is absolutely not the case. And there are so many kids that have no prospects at all coming out of school. And, you know, so I'm not knocking it. And if you have a trade or whatever, trade schools are great. If you have a specific need or want, it's great to have that education, but I wouldn't leverage four to six years of your life and, uh, mass amounts of uh, of finances that you don't have for something for something like that i mean really doing uh doing doing something is just doing it right i mean yeah. even if and and you know i think a lot of people should it's just like playing music or anything it's like you can't be afraid to be really shitty at something when you start but if you have a lifelong commitment you know i mean like i don't i don't recommend this business for anybody but i only do it because i only do it because it's who i am like i've tried to do other things and it just doesn't feel right to me
1: you know i (laughs) just like i like so can't imagine like waking up and not like talking about the melvins all day (laughs) 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 but melvins are a great example too i mean they kind of did their they they did it their
0: own way they've been up and down through many scenes through decades and you know accumulation factor is great for those guys now after 30 35 years as a band whatever i mean they've got like tons of records and a lot of respect uh, across all different genres you know and those guys just those guys figured it out as they went along
1: i mean i would argue melvin's are the most important rock band of the last 35 years wow okay okay um, but, but that, that's a separate conversation. <laughs> so, okay. okay. So, okay. So I want to circle back into more granular stuff with regards to like music management, right? Yeah. So within, you know, I, one of the things I find interesting about management is I think different people, di- every manager seems to have a slightly definition, slightly different definition of what they do how would you describe your role in the lives of the bands you work with
0: yeah okay i think it varies from band to band however mm-hmm. um like i never wanted to be a music manager ever it was never my my desire it just kind of came by default um we were friends with the, the band visigoth and they were about to get in the business of some pretty i don't want to say bad people but an agent specifically and a manager that i knew were, were going to do absolutely nothing for these guys you know just because mm-hmm. i had known these people and i had seen what they had done which was nothing or which was sale talk a lot and really do not do a lot mm-hmm. um but i mean they, these people were from la and you know i'm from southern california and you know Visigoth is like a band out in salt lake city utah so they're yeah. basically marooned on an island in the middle of nowhere and they don't you know they had a, a good little bit, yeah. The, they had, a, they had a, a deal, a record deal at the time. So they, they, were, they weren't an unknown band, but they, uh, it just got to that point. And, and I kind of just said, Hey, look, you know, like, I don't want to see you guys go down this road. Let me help out and let me try and do something. And that's kind of how it all started. But uh, like, without getting into my story, uh, I want to make, I want to make this more about information for people because um, my story is everywhere. But, um, you, you know, I think what being involved with the bands I mean some bands I'm involved with where it's like I'm responsible for a lot of their personal lives in a way you know I mean it's like it just depends uh you know the the manager's is the manager's job is to to guide the career of the band um and also keep harmony within the band make sure that the bills are paid you know this kinds of stuff make sure you know taxes are done and and everybody's everybody's set with everything and everybody knows what's going on. And and the manager's job is to guide is to direct the team because, I mean, you have record companies, you have, you have, uh, marketing people, uh, publicists agents, you know, everybody, everybody's gotta, gotta, gotta work together But somebody has gotta be commanding the ship and somebody it's, you, you need a point of contact. That's not, you know, that's not, not everybody in the band, and bands don't understand this a lot at first, but not everybody in the band is going to have is going to be able to, to have a conversation with with everybody that the band works with, you yeah. know. Like it's you you need you have to have uh, you Brand have to have dude. a point. Yeah, you have to have a point man, you know. And you also have to have a, a mediator, you know, somebody somebody in the middle, somebody that can do the you know and that's the struggle with managing my own band it's like sometimes i've got to play hardball with people and it sucks because it's like i want these people like i want to be the cool likable band guy like they're dealing with me because they like what i do and then when it comes down to business i mean sometimes you have to you have to do right business for yourself and that could get in the way you know so it's always good for a band to have a manager like that but i think the best quality is you know i'm I'm out there doing this stuff, the same stuff that these bands are. So I have a very good understanding of what it takes, what's really happening, you know, from the ins and outs of the artistic and creative side of it to actually being in a van touring on the road, you know, and splitting money five ways and stuff like this. So, um, you know, a lot of, I've always kind of thought the best managers were guys that are the best anything were our guys that have actually had experience doing it you know mm-hmm. so but not that's not to say i mean look there's been great band managers in history that haven't been advanced so um and i've and we've all learned from them They they wrote the book on that stuff
1: you know so yeah no but i think that's absolutely accurate so Okay, so yeah, so so then I guess kind of the, the, the next question is like, on a more specific level, you know, um, I feel like a band like Thangal isn't really as, like, they're, they're more in legacy mode. Whereas someone <laughs> like, um, you know, Visigoth is still, are nowhere near the peak of what Visigoth can be, right? How do you how do you what actions are you specifically taking to kind of especially you know coming out of the pandemic what actions are you taking to kind of move visigoth forward in 2021
0: well i mean there's a unique thing uh band in the fact that like they just they're not a full-time band you yeah. know i mean they're they've got something really good going where they, you know they're they're it's kind of weird they're kind of like a a cult band you know but mm-hmm. they're not an old school they're not like some undiscovered gym
1: yeah. you know
0: they definitely have a cult like following and when they do stuff it matters and it counts but i mean they're just for for various like family reasons health reasons and um, uh job related thing career related things they're just not a full-time band and like yeah. they, they have the opportunity to be though and sometimes like you know, that kills me inside. And also, you know, it's kind of like, I'm sure many other bands and many other people would love to be in their position. and would take full advantage of it. However, you know, I mean, I have this, I go back and forth with the label about this all the time. Cause I'm like, yeah, there's these opportunities out there for them, but it's not like, I mean, you, you can't force somebody to do something you yeah. can't. I mean, I I've done it. I've tried. I've, I've, I have forced people to do things and it's just, it's not good. It's not. It's not. And I I've, I've forced people to do things because I thought it was in their best interest. I really felt that and believed that. Now, I was correct that those were good career moves, but I was incorrect in the fact that it was in their best interest because that wasn't their interest. And no matter how, no matter how much somebody tells you that they want to do things, like they don't really want to do things unless they do the things necessary to get it done. That's just how it is. You know, exactly. everything else is just a wish and a prayer. It's like, you know, but the people that actually do it, you 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 know, you can tell they stand the test of time always. They just they don't quit. They stay in the game long enough. And a lot of times bands quit right before something great is about to happen to them and they don't even know it, you know. It's fair. It's, it happens so many times and they just they by the time that opportunity comes, they can't pick up the pieces, you know, and I always I never was one to believe in luck. Really? You know, what do you think mm-hmm. about it? Like a lot of these overnight successes took 10 years. People just don't see that. And the John Wood in the uh, UCLA basketball coach had this great quote and he says luck is where. Um, opportunity meets preparation you know so I always felt that like there's so many bands that are just they're they're working so hard on what they do and when that opportunity comes they're ready for it many bands are not ready when that opportunity comes because they've been yeah. they've been slacking off so there's nothing wrong with this the tortoise and the hare thing the slow and steady wins the races it's, it's it's that's great man that's awesome but that's why a lot of bands break up. They can't. They can't stand the test of time. They can't keep going with it. They get too impatient, or their interests change, and stuff like that. You know. So, um, but I know that that doesn't really answer your question. I know Visigoth. I mean, let's let's say just not not specifically Visigoth, but any band yeah. in that position coming out of the pandemic. I mean, uh, I feel you know how like Gene Simmons says like rock is dead. <laughs> Um, you know, I never, I never agreed with that, you know, especially since like ska's not dead. So rock's not dead, but like, uh, (laughs) but, uh, man, it's so, I, I, it it would be hard for me to imagine starting a band right now. Uh, it can be done. And look, all. If 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 you have good music, people will find out about it, and it's it's easy to get it out there. Even though there's a lot of noise, if it's good, people will find out about it. But bands in our in our industry and in our well, in our genre, I should say, um, need to tour. You know, it's a it's a live style of music. So the touring market's going to be a very strange world out there, and we we just don't know what it's going to yeah. be yet. So. Um, A lot of things are opening up in the States right now, uh, but we don't know that could easily close again, or it could be a segregated thing where you need to be vaccinated to go to a gig, which is like, man, that's not something that I'm interested in telling a fan, like, you know, that they can't come to see us if they're, or any of our bands, if, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not supporting any vaccine or anti-vax. I really don't have an opinion either way. You know, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to go play which probably means like yeah you're gonna have to be have some immunization i mean we've had to have immunizations to go play in guatemala and in other countries like that and those immunizations have been there in place for decades that's just the way it goes you know yeah and that you don't want to go somewhere and get sick um but i think that the mid-level of touring is going to have a really hard problem from now on. So like not, not your big, not your huge bands and not like the bands that are like going to play in the underground and and go touring bands and stuff, but like the casino rock stuff It's like, it it could be those bands might have a tough time, you know, like the, the rats and Cinderella's of the world, you know, I mean, there's always going to be a place for that, but you know, the cruise ship thing, uh, who knows? I mean, everybody gets sick on cruise ships that they're like notorious for that now. Like, I don't know, that whole industry might die. Who knows? I mean, we, we, we really don't know, but I don't know. I, I always think there's a future, there's always a future for rock music if you're if you dedicate yourself to it and you're good at it and you're willing to. I mean, dude, the guys, at night, team, and I mean, we were homeless for four years, so. Uh, but those were the best years of the band. I mean, we really we really hit it hard. I mean, we, we stayed on the road constantly. So we wouldn't, we, we, we were never home. We couldn't get a job because we weren't home long enough that anybody would hire us. You know, we completely dedicate ourselves to it. And there were very, very hard times, but it was totally worth it. And I think a, a younger bands right now are going to have to go through that big time you know so we'll see what happens yeah
1: and i think that brings you together in like a really meaningful way you know that idea of just like bleeding it out for 250 shows a year and not really having a place to stay when you're home that brings your band together and allows for something extra to happen
0: i think so i think it could bring you together or tear you apart like if you have yeah. to have the right you have to have the right personnel um, i was just talking to somebody earlier today about when when Dusty Squires joined our band early on, we had two other guys that we that we wanted instead of him that we thought would have fit better musically originally. But we kind of looked at the character and the personality of these guys and it's like, man, we wouldn't last a week. And it's like, you look back now and like he's still in the band. He pulls his weight and he does such a great job and we, we get along like brothers and we get along like family this one one of these other guys like a heroin addict like a deadbeat dad like you have to be around like-minded people it's so important and I'd rather take like I'd always take anybody in business or in music that's like that's that is eager and hungry and always wanting to get better and wanting to learn more than just somebody who right off the bat is like oh they just have this you know the, the natural talent, or they're they're the, they're at the they're at their peak now. You know, and and you can't hold on to people like that anyway. You know, so uh, I think that's way more important. The attitude and the mindset is is where it's at. You know,
1: I agree. I think that's um, yeah, very very well said. And so, kind of tying into that, then the question that's sort of on everyone's minds is like, well, when do you think touring is going to come back on mass?
0: Yeah, so um, you know, I mean, it's funny because if you would have asked me in a year ago, I would have already said it would be back by now. So, but based, but based on the way people's attitudes are now and the the vaccine rollout, um, the successful side of it and the unsuccessful side of it, I would say, you know, unfortunately. It sucks. Like I, I would like to think that theoretically we're moving towards a global economy. Like, and in the next ten years, like travel will be much easier, and uh, governments will be getting will be more unified and stuff like this. The people of the world will be more unified, right? But I honestly see it happening now, where there's going to be a huge segregation, like country what country wise, like borders are going to be closed. You know, they're they like they are now but more so i think like i think what you'll see with touring is you'll start seeing bands touring in their regional areas playing local shows then touring in their regional areas then touring throughout their countries you won't see a lot of international stuff happening because borders are closed and a lot of things a lot of things that a lot of just common fans don't understand is especially in the united states all these bands i mean they there's a there's a there's a a big process of them getting over because technically they're working. There's a long visa process. It's a lot of money. Uh, Last year, that price doubled under the Trump administration. Um, And it's becoming more and more difficult. Uh, It's becoming more and more expensive. And as if you're talking about limited capacities, I mean, there's no way these bands could come over here financially and they, they would just take a bath, you know? So, yeah. um, Yeah. So, so that's one angle is this is bands getting into other countries. And that's really tough because if you you look at a place like Europe where, you know, heavy metal and, and just metal in general is just very, it's very, it's very big that a lot of that depends on American bands coming over and playing, you know? So that's, it's american metal is big there it's not just european metal you know european metal i think is actually more popular in in places like america than than some places in europe you know so uh uh but yeah i i would i would i think that that's how it's going to be i i think that there will be some tours happening this fall in the united states with u.s bands i think they'll be it's not something that any of my bands are going to do. We've actually decided to push back. Uh, we've all have stuff booked for the fall. I've got multiple tours booked for the fall where, that we're going to push back because, again, kind of like what we just talked about, we've all collectively decided that we're not going to. You know, there's 48 great in the there's 48 states that are connected that you can travel through right now. Each of those states are going to have their own rules, so we can't be going from going to New York yeah. and, and playing a show in New York and then saying, okay, well, all the fans need this travel path, immunization passport. Right. And then we go play in New Jersey the following day. And it's like, well, no holds barred, like whatever, anybody can, can do whatever they want, you know? And then what if we go to another state and then that state knows that, our tour package played at in Florida or something, right. Where <laughs> there was all these outbreaks and stuff and they all of a sudden say, well, we don't want this happening here or, or the people, the fans could say, Hey, you guys were just in some highly infected area. Right. So yeah. we don't want to, we don't want to play the political game. We'd rather not. Plus, come on. I mean, a band like midnight is going to go play. They, they have no interest in playing a show where people can't let loose you know like that's what they're all about like they, they don't want to play a show where people are corralled in boxes and you know having to wear masks and it's just it's just it's a bad representation of what we're about so it's a tough situation and I judge nobody who wants to go out and play in that situation I really don't I really don't it's a personal choice that we're all making and we're just saying look it, 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 the reality is it's probably going to be two years uh, plus. To, I mean, I, I, I'm taking April, spring, let's like, yeah, spring of 2022 is when I think everything, I'm not going to use the word normal or, I, or new normal, but I think that is a safe bet where I would say that international touring will be happening.
1: I think that sounds about reasonable. All right. (laughs) Sorry, I was I was about to sneeze. (laughs) that's cool. But yeah, no, I I I, I agree with your general prognosis, and I definitely think I think there like I kind of almost think there's going to be like this weird like sacred time for local bands this fall, where like like you said, the big boys aren't going to be able to tour because of state by state restrictions and because of oh, you were just in a highly infected area. We don't want to go to your show and interact with you. But I think that because of that, because a lot of the big guys I know aren't touring this fall, I think that local bands will have a chance to like get to play all the cool venues, but also have a public who like actually want to go to shows. You know, whereas I think normally like getting people to go to an all local bill is like impossible oh dude it's like yeah these days yeah I but mean, but I, now yeah. people actually like miss shows and i feel like
0: i think yeah. it's great man i think it's great honestly like it, it sucks for it sucks for people like us because we're like the very last straw of this whole thing right yeah but but i mean come on like we needed a shake up you know we needed I agree. things were get things were getting stale in the scene man like And not because it's nobody's fault, you know, it's not that things were bad things were just getting a little bit mundane and like creating the hunger again like I have no problem with that I'm okay with this forced break, the problem that sucks is just not knowing it's hard to plan your life when you just don't know. So that's why we're pushing back and going okay we we feel very confident that this is when it's going to happen. So let's make plans now. So the, the next year of our lives, we can plan and do some other things with our life that we've always wanted to do that. We've never been able to do because I mean, a band like night team I mean, we've done 600 shows in the last four years, pre pandemic. And it's like, that's what made us, we broke from the road because we kept going and playing for people. Yeah. But, but like, I don't know. Like, it, it, we you you kind of you can oversaturate yourself too you know like it, like at least that we know that when we come back the fans are going to be at least they've missed us you know i mean
1: because yeah.
0: that's the that's the thing it's like it began to be a thing where maybe it wasn't so special seeing the band play like we were known as the ultimate road warriors but like if you missed us, it's okay. Cause you know, we'll be back in the few months, you know? So, uh, so now it's kind of like, I, like for me personally, I'll never take another show for granted. Like there were times like when we were on tour in 2019, where I'd get woken up in the bus, like, and it's like, Hey, it's time. Like it's that time again of the, of the day, like you gotta go perform. And I would just be like, okay let's do this you know and it's like I don't want to be like that anymore you know like I I, want to yeah I want to go and enjoy it you know and it's not not that I wasn't enjoying myself but you know come on dude things get touring is hard and like things get shitty sometimes and you just kind of want it to get to be over sometimes so Mm -hmm. I think it's good man I think it's healthy if you have the right attitude this is a good thing for everybody and like you said about local shows I think that's yeah people just hungry for a live show that hungry for it i mean that's just it makes me feel like being a kid again you know so i'm i'm, I'm all about it
1: yeah that's absolutely the thing that i think is exciting is that because i agree there definitely was this component of like you know someone like, like i go to probably 150 200 shows a year right and there was this component of like oh my god i have to do why am i doing this to myself right you know like going to festivals and just like not even watching a single band because i was just so burnt out you know and now it's like oh okay this is actually we're back like let's go yeah Yeah. i like actually want to be here you know i'm not just trying to bump into someone i need to talk to
0: it'll be interesting rollout man you know It's going to take some time, though. It really is. I mean, uh, you know, Japan and Australia and like a lot of those, you know, that area, especially Japan, they're not even they're not even putting any holds right now. They're just like, look, like like we're not even going to start putting holds on things until we know what's happening. So it sucks that, you know, there was the world was so open, man, and it was so easy to play. It was easier than ever to go anywhere in the world and play a gig. Yep. And now it's like that. That's the only thing that bothers me is just the segregation that we have now, the nationalism that everybody has now. It's really, really sad. It's really sad. And I hope that, you know, I mean, whether you agree with the vaccination thing or not, I'm not here to talk about that, but it's, it's, it's a fact that it's going to be required for a lot of people to live normal life again. And it's just because that's what society's going to do. Society's going to put the clamp down and say, Hey, this is the way we're, we're doing it. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be other societies that split off and form their own colonies and they, and more power to them. But for, for a guy that's going to travel the world, you're going to have to get this thing. And I just hope that our country in the United States, does something with all this extra shit and gives starts giving it to some of these other countries that are having problems rolling this out. Because what happens is not to get too political, but what happens is if, if these countries have a 5% or under vaccination rate and this, and they, the virus mutates, then we're all screwed again. Like it just spreads over and over and over again. So there's no use in just getting the whole United States all vaccinated and leaving everybody else in the world out of it because, you know, uh, it's, it's just gonna, it's gonna cause a lot of problems for us, you know? And so, you know, and, and I, I just hope that we can all do that. Like I said, a, a global, I mean, I, I, am not, I'm not so much into the global economy. I am a capitalist in a way. And I think there is, there's some good things about capitalism, uh, definitely. And there's great things about America being able to live your dream and not have a ceiling on it, you know, and be crunched down. But, uh, I do believe in a global unity you know what I'm saying like a yeah. world flag or something would be cool you know it's like we it's like dude, you spend a lot of time in other countries too I mean you know it's like it sucks that it's like what what age are we living in man you know it's like it doesn't matter where you're from it's like some people shouldn't be like okay right now it's there's a problem with people going to other countries like to see their significant other what if your girlfriend or wife or whatever is like from another from another country it's like you know you can't help that but that's those borders are closed now you know and like relationships and love is not tourism you know (laughs) but the the governments don't see it like that and the same with the arts the arts have been left to die on the vine and the governments are not they're not looking into they're not taking care of this 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 sector at all and realizing like that they should be trying to put this back into play somehow even at a safe socially distancing because it's good for people's souls it's good for their morale
1: yeah well there's that that, there's that churchill quote one second let me pull it up yeah um when they asked him about uh the art budget right they were like yeah so so they asked him to cut funding for the arts during world war ii Right. Because it was like, you know, they needed all the money they could get to fight the Nazis. And he replies, then what are we fighting for? (laughs) Yeah, right. And it's like,
0: so great. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, you know, like, that's the thing. And it's just, you know, and and I always, I always really connected with that. It's because it is like, what are we fighting for? It's so true, man. You it's know, so like, true. isn't this how we, you know, isn't this like the thing that, like, it differentiates us from the beasts?
0: It's hard, though. It's rare to find people like that in government. You know, that's yeah. there's a reason why people like us don't do those jobs. You know? oh, totally. I mean, they're just—they're just different types of people, and they don't understand art and culture and music. You know, they're—they're they're just a different breed. It's unfortunate, you know. Um, but that's—that's—that's that's, that's just the way it is. And like, you know, hopefully we can—we can kind of keep things going on our end for the people that that are important to us. You know, I mean, that's—that's that's all we can do. You know? Yeah,
1: I agree. Yeah. So okay, so to head towards the end here, okay. Yeah. Someone is looking to get into management mm-hmm. what is your biggest piece of advice for them and i'm Man, gonna, after i'm going to yeah. cite a piece of advice you <laughs> gave me many years ago
0: Oh okay okay um i mean you got to do it because you love it for sure i would say that with anything in life you have to you have to you have to absolutely love it and if you don't it's okay to not know your purpose it's totally okay to not know but what's not okay is to not be a constant search of that. That's not okay, you know? Um, A lot of people, like we talked about college earlier, like, you know, hey, you might not know what you want to do with your life when you're 18. It sucks to have to make that decision and make a big financial commitment for the rest of your life to that decision, you know? You, 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 people, I encourage young people to just try a lot of different things, you know? Try a lot of different things. And when you find something that you love, go, just, just go completely headfirst into it and, and just worry about just that, you know, and be, be the best at that. But if it's music management, it's hard for me to say, because again, like I just educated myself in the business because that's how I got my foot in the door by, because I wanted to play, you know, I wanted to play more shows for people. I wanted to tour. I wanted to get signed as a band. So I, I started in the industry like that. I see a lot of the, a lot of people that, that are, a lot of people get into it because they want to be involved in the scene. It's the same as movies in Hollywood. You have a lot of people, music, music and movies like entertainment like that have always, legend. they've always had people from the private sector with money come in, yeah. not know what they're doing at all, but they have the money to fund the things. And that's where projects get really weird. Right. But, but that's, they, they like, they want to be a part of it, the glamor of it. Right. So I would say that avoid that, avoid that, just do it for the love of the game and do it because, you know, you really feel that you could move somebody's career along and you could be a part of it, but you have to kind of, you have to become a part of the entity if you're going to manage it, you know what I'm saying? If you really have to, you really have to feel part of that, you you can't just be an outside an outside entity coming in and like you know, guiding a band's career if you if you don't really feel the ins and outs of, of what's happening. Because it's your job, man, to to protect everything that's going on there and to move it forward. It's solely the manager's job to do that. So um, you know, I it's funny. I look at a guy like Rod Smallwood from Iron Maiden and like, you know, he had some some experience in the music business but not a whole lot and like he was able to just say this is the band i manage and this is what i'm gonna do and like that's what he did he got into other things later with the label side of things but like i'm gonna contradict myself here and say that and this is the best this is the best advice i'll give to anybody wanting to be a band manager here it goes the best band manager manages one band I mean, I it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say this, okay? Because if you look across the board at successful people financially these days, there's multiple streams of income, okay? At least seven. The most, the most millionaires have, a, what they have in common is they have seven, at least seven streams of income, which in a pandemic is great too, man, because when your industry falls down, it's like, hey, you've got this other stuff coming in to keep you afloat, you know? Uh, but truly truly having a chief focused aim in life and having one thing and one entity everything everything else is a distraction every like if if, you know if you manage one band you can do and you can take it all the way if you if you if it's all you do you know if you if you anything else that comes into your into your site or into your view anything else that takes up any of your time is it? it is just that it takes up your time it's a distraction it takes you uh, takes your focus away from what you're doing and it's hard to get focus. multitasking is not it doesn't exist so focus yeah. is key focus is key so if you can time block and compartmentalize things you can get a lot done but can consistency is another thing i mean dude this is a loaded question so oh, but know. but i but I would say that I would contradict myself and say, that's how the mistake that I made. I mean, I do pretty well. I do pretty well balancing spinning a lot of plates, but it's just, that's exactly what it is. You know, I'm a juggler, you know? So um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's funny because the advice you gave me years ago was, um, was about juggling. And I think you said something like, so you've got, you know, a bunch of different clients as long as you make sure you do at least one thing for each of them every day, you'll be okay. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I really took that to heart for a while. You know, now I've kind of shifted my company and I have other people doing that. But, and I, I, but I also, I look at other companies in general, anyone who, who's client focused and the people who don't take a little time for each client every day, it's like, those are the people who lose.
0: Yeah, it's really hard, dude, because it's kind of like exercising, right? Like, yeah, if you if you if you eat a, like if you have a cheeseburger, a milkshake and fries once a week, you'll be fine. If you eat it every day, it's your health is going to decline. If you exercise once a week, it's not going to do much, but make you sore. If you exercise a little bit every day, you're going to be in good health. It's like the law of accumulation. It's the same thing yeah. here. It's like, hey, listen, and I know this from experience because. There's been like, you know, if I if I'm not doing maintenance on a band every day, at least for, you know, could be 20 minutes a day. Right. Like there comes a time where critical mass hits and it's like a Friday evening and I've got a gig to play and it's like, oh, shit, I've got something to deal with here. That's going to be it's a six, seven hour project that if I was maintaining this for the last month at 20 minutes a day. I would already be ahead of the curve, you know, I would have seen this coming and that that would have been done. So that's, I think that's so important, man. That's so important, but there's just so many things. There's so many distractions these days. There's so many things that everybody wants to be involved in. It's really hard. Sometimes you just got to focus. You got to get rid of I have that problem a lot, the shiny object syndrome, you know, something comes into your wheelhouse and you're like, "Ooh, yeah, I can do that. That's cool. Or here's a great opportunity, but you got to realize that the more successful you get, there's going to be way more of that. More people are going to want to partner with you. They're going to want to work with you. They're going to want a piece of you, the more successful you get, but you got to remember why you got there. It's by by focusing on what you actually have in front of you and making that the best thing instead of just being okay at a bunch of different things.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, this has been most illuminating. <laughs>
0: yeah, cool, man. I hope that I hope that listeners of this are getting getting something out of this stuff, you know, and getting educated. I'm sure they and, are. Yeah, because I mean, again, about school, this is it, man. This is the school. All the information is out there. Just talk to people in your field who are doing what you want to do, and you can get all the information that you need right there for free. A lot of the times. You know, hiring a coach or a mentor is also something I recommend. And if you pay for it, that's good. Cause then you got some fucking, then you've got some skin, skin in the, the game. game. That's yeah. it, dude. You have to put if if you don't, there's no motivation for you to, to follow through on anything. So put yourself on the line if you believe in something and just do any do everything necessary that it takes to succeed. You'll find you'll find the way to do it. There Stay you know. hungry. Stay hungry.